Hello, welcome to Truth Triumphant Radio. I'm your host, Cody Mori, And this week on today's episode, I wanted to take a look inward uh, in the mainstream Adventist church. This is actually breaking, breaking news. Um, it was actually from a sermon back in October of 2020, but it's I'm going to be quoting uh, quite heavily based upon a, an article from Advent Messenger of today, June 10th, 2021, by Andy Roman. And it is entitled, Prominent LLU, that's Loma Linda University, Professor, No Sunday Law, No Great Controversy, No End Time Prophet, and The Mark of the Beast is Undetermined. This was part of a lecture sermon that was given by this man named Dr. John Pauline. That's Dr. J-O-N, last name Pauline, P-A-U-L-I-E-N. For those of you who want to go uh, look it up for yourself, I'm going to be playing a few clips today of some of the things that he taught in his lecture back in 2020, where he made statements in regards to that we don't really know what the Sunday law is. Sunday could be any day, um, or the, the mark of the beast, rather, could be any day rather than the Sabbath. He also basically stated that Mrs. White is supposed to be understood in a classical sense rather than as a prophetic, uh, applicable to our day, sort of the times has changed argument. And, um, you know, th this is this is typical stuff that you get from theologians and scholars. And this is why it's so important, folks. Uh, if you get nothing else out of this, what I'm going to show you today, I think, is, is going to break some of your hearts, especially if you're a Seventh-day Adventist. But this is going on in all the churches, you know. Um, but if you get nothing else out of this, please just remember this one thing. Just remember this thing that I'm about to say. Do not believe or trust anybody or anything, any source, unless it conforms to the Bible and the spirit of prophecy. The Bible and the spirit of prophecy. Again, if you remember nothing else, please, please remember that. Don't trust me. Don't trust me just for trusting sake. You know, um, don't trust Bill Hughes. Don't trust even Andy Roman. Um, you know, take a look at the evidence and make your own decision. And your, your consciences, or our consciences are not subject to each other, brothers and sisters, but they are subject to God. You know, it reminds me of the Apostle Paul where he was talking about the Bereans. And he mentions that one of the things that he really loved about the Bereans was that they didn't believe him in everything that he said. And this is what he says about them in Acts chapter 17, verse 11. He said, These were more noble than those in Thessalonica, 
in that they receive the word with all readiness of mind and search the scriptures daily whether those things were so. In other words, they didn't just believe what Paul said. They didn't just say, oh, okay, well, then Jesus is the Messiah, and I better, you know, follow this guy because he made me feel good, you know, and he's really nice. He's a really nice guy. Being a really nice guy and, and speaking in a really good way doesn't mean somebody's true. It can mean, I mean, if you were to meet Lucifer and he was trying to deceive you, which most of the time he is, <laughs> he would probably be very nice. And he probably would speak very, very well. And I think we'll, soon we'll see the fulfillment of that. And a lot of you folks were very interested in, in the UFO things, and I appreciate a lot of the comments. Um, that's one of the beautiful things about um, studying God's Word and, and understanding, understanding the world in light of the Bible and the spirit of prophecy is that a lot of these mysteries, they really they really unfold themselves and you can see the roads the the bloody path that goes back uh to rome over and over again and i think it's no question folks that rome is in our midst today in the churches today especially in the seventh day adventist church if you guys remember um alberto rivera said that the Adventist church was the first church to be infiltrated by the Jesuit order. And I think after what I show you today, it's going to be proof positive that what he said was a fact. But before we get started, I wanted to read to you guys a quote from Mrs. White, a warning from Mrs. White, where she talks about the Sunday Law. And that quote is from Review and Herald, March 18th, 1884. And sometimes I've read the abridged version of this. I'm going to read the full one uh, just so we can get context. It says this, There is a need of a Sabbath reform among us who profess to observe God's holy rest day. Some discuss their business matters and lay plans on the Sabbath. And God looks upon this in the same light as though they engaged in the actual transaction of business. Others who are well acquainted with the Bible evidences that the seventh day is the Sabbath enter into partnership with men who have no respect for God's holy day. A Sabbath keeper cannot allow men in his employ, paid by his money, to work on the Sabbath. If, for the sake of gain, he allows the business in which he has an interest to be carried on on the Sabbath day by his unbelieving partner, he is equally guilty with the unbeliever. And it is the duty, it is his duty to dissolve the relation, however much he may lose by so doing. Men may think they cannot afford to obey God, but they cannot afford to disobey him. Those who are careless in their observance of the Sabbath will suffer great loss. The Lord has a controversy with his professed people in these last days. In this controversy, men in responsible positions will take a course directly opposite of that pursued by Nehemiah. They will not only ignore and despise the Sabbath themselves, but they will try to keep it from others by burying it beneath a rubbish of custom and tradition. In churches and in large gatherings in the open air, 
ministers will urge upon the people the necessity of keeping the first day of the week. There are calamities on sea and land, and these calamities will increase, one disaster following close upon another. And the little band of conscientious Sabbath keepers will be pointed out as the ones who are bringing the wrath of God upon the world by their disregard of Sunday. Folks, that's full context for you right there. It was talking about reform among us and talking about working on the Sabbath, things like that. And then in the very next paragraph, still in context, it says the Lord has a controversy with his professed people. Contextually speaking, who is, he, who, who, who is the Lord having a controversy with? Seventh-day Adventists, according to the context. And then it says ministers. What kind? Seventh-day Adventist ministers will urge upon the people the necessity of keeping the first day of the week. So, you've been warned. That's what's coming upon the earth. That's where, that's where these false doctrines and false ideologies are leading. Now, many of you are familiar with uh, Ted Wilson, who spoke about that the mark of the beast was any other day besides the Sabbath day. And here's a recording of that fallacy. And this is actually from a panel discussion, a live panel discussion that was from August 9th, 2014, from ASI, Adventist Layman's Services. In this discussion, Ted Wilson says that the mark of the beast is not Sunday, but is any other day besides the Sabbath. Listen. And an attempt to actually change God's Ten Commandments so that the day of worship becomes one other than the seventh-day Sabbath. And in fact, the mark of the beast would be the worship of God on any other day than that particular day because that is a sign of God's authority. In fact, let's contrast the mark of the beast with the seal of God because the seal of God for God's people in the last days will be their adherence, their love of him and their observance of the day which he has ordained and made sacred, the seventh day Sabbath. So you are sealed with a special connection with him when you keep that day. Anyone keeping a day other than that ultimately will be keeping the sign or the mark of the authority of the beast which has changed the day of worship to another day. Wow, so there you have it. False doctrines coming straight from the mouth of the General Conference President. Now, I know so many people make excuses for this, but the fact of the matter is, he, he, what did he just say? You've heard him. He said that the mark of the beast is any other day besides the Sabbath. Unfortunately, unfortunately, that's not true because the Bible doesn't say so and the spirit of prophecy doesn't say so. In fact, all the reformers would disagree with him as well. Um, and why is that? Why? Because the mark of the beast is the mark of the beast. And what is the beast? Well, the beast, if you study it out, 
Revelation chapter 13, it rules for 42 months. 42 months using the day-year principle comes to 1,260 years. It speaks blasphemy, right? Um, so 1,260 years, that's the reign of the papacy from 538 AD to 1798. And speaks blasphemy. It has, uh, according to the scriptures, blasphemy is saying that you have the ability to forgive sins and claiming to be God when you are a man. Well, <clears throat> the papacy and the Roman Catholic Church claim both. So basically, and, and there's many other uh, indicators and characteristics that we could go over for the sake of time, we won't. But the Bible is very clear. The spirit of prophecy is very clear. The beast is the Roman Catholic Church system. And the papacy being that the main head of that. So the mark of the beast is the mark of authority of the Roman Catholic Church. Well, what is that mark of authority? Well, according to them, it's Sunday. And there's many, many quotes that you can go over. I'm just going to give you one very easy one that I've quoted many times. It's from Catholic Records, September 1st, 1923. It says, Sunday is our mark of authority. The church is above the Bible, and this transference of Sabbath observance is proof of that fact. So, the fact of the matter is, <clears throat> the mark of the beast is a Sunday law because it is the mark of the beast. And the beast is the Roman Catholic Church. And what is the mark of authority for the Roman Catholic Church? It is the, trans the changing of God's law of the fourth commandment. That's their mark of ecclesiastical authority. Now, this is false doctrine. This is apostasy. This is heinous to, to even think about that, that somebody would say this, much less a general conference president sitting on a panel discussion with Mark Finley right there, Rafferty right there, uh, you know, all these people right there and none of them says a word but however this teaching is is permeating throughout adventism this is from uh, dr john pauline in his sermon where he was talking about sunday laws and he called it the sunday law dilemma this is from the central california conference of seventh day adventists from their symposium presentation and this was from back in October this is what dr. John dr. John Pauline had to say from minute 1745 of his presentation and finally, being aware of the distinction between classical and apocalyptic prophecy. And we concluded that Ellen White's style of prophecy is classical uh, rather than apocalyptic. And we'll uh, do a little bit more work on that as well. Uh, we concluded the previous session by noting that the biblical evidence does not speak of Sunday as such but it speaks about a counterfeit 
of the Sabbath being critical to the mark of the beast at the end of time. And we noted there's four possibilities, four options for a counterfeit. One would be a different day than the Sabbath, and Sunday would be an example of that. Uh, a second option is that every day is a Sabbath, uh, which would mean that no day would have special significance. The third is that no day is the Sabbath. Sabbath was simply abolished by Jesus, and therefore we can worship on any day that we choose. And finally, uh, some sort of legislation to forbid Sabbath keeping would be option number four. So within exegesis of the biblical text, you do have options for understanding what the mark of the beast will actually uh, turn out to be. Wow, so there you go. You have it for yourself. Ellen White, she's not to be understood as a apocalyptic prophet. He's going to throw some words out there and everything in classifications. Uh, just what you need to know specifically on that, because these are the word games that all these scholars uh, eventually at one point or another will play with these classifications and things. Basically, what he's trying to say is um, Ellen White uh, is to be understood only in her day. That what she says does not necessarily apply to the last days, even though, even though, if you read her writings, she will say they do. The Holy Spirit will say that this is applicable to the end times. The Great Controversy, if you just read that book, it goes all the way up into the second coming of Christ. Okay, so firstly, so he, he classifies her as what is called a classical uh, prophet, which means that or classical prophecy, let me put it that way, which means that Ellen White is only to be understood in her day, and you cannot apply what she taught, what she clearly teaches, what the Holy Spirit clearly teaches in all of her writings. You cannot apply that to today. And, you know, if you are so smart and so theological and so scholarly, uh, you might actually get to the point where you don't know what the Sunday law is anymore. You can have four options that Dr. John Pauline just gave. And those four options were, number one, the mark of the beast is any other day besides the Sabbath, in perfect and full agreement with Ted Wilson. The second is that every day is the Sabbath, uh, which means no day would have any special significance. And then the third option is that no day is the Sabbath. Or the fourth option is that there'll be some kind of Sabbath-keeping legislation. And those are four options that he came up with. Do you feel like you're learning? Do you feel like you're gaining a stronger understanding, a stronger handle on the Sunday law, a stronger handle on the Mark of the Beast by listening to this guy? This is what the scholar, this is like, Mrs. White talked about this very thing in the Desire of Ages, uh, where she talked about when the scholars and scribes and Pharisees would teach the people in the synagogues and things like that, that they would teach in a way where what they were teaching could mean one thing or it could mean the exact opposite. 
and you, you couldn't, it was confusing. You couldn't make out basically what they were trying to say. This, this is dragon language. This is the serpent at the tree. And whether, whether Dr. John Pauline is doing this because he's been brainwashed into this type of belief, or if he's doing this to intentionally deceive and lullaby God's people to sleep, especially, you know, just back in October 2020, things were a lot more heated up, especially with the elections right around the corner. That's what it sounds like to me. So you have basically you have two options. Either they're incompetent, in which case, what are they doing teaching? Or they're intentionally deceptive. But I find it interesting that he goes on to he goes on throughout this lecture to attack Ellen White and basically said that basically saying similar things as Desmond Ford used to say, uh, which was that, you know, Ellen White is meant to be read in more of a devotional sense and not so much in a this applies uh, to our time sense. All right, we're going to do one more, one more very important one, and that's from right around the 42-minute mark. She's talking about a world that was very real in the 1880s, but no longer exists today. It's no longer a Protestant government. Uh, it's no longer a world in which spiritualism is at the top of the radar and the agenda. It's no longer a colonial world. So the world is a very different place. What she was describing in Great Controversy was about her present and her near future. And so it's interesting that when you think of the book Great Controversy, there are actually seven editions of Great Controversy. And in the earlier editions, you have no mention of a Sunday law in Congress. No mention of this national Sunday law. There's mention of Sunday legislation because that's been there throughout American history, going all the way back to the pilgrims. So Sunday legislation is not a new thing in the United States, but the idea of a national Sunday law uh, would be something quite different uh, from what the Constitution of the United States had set up. What she was talking about in the 1880s was a new situation. And if you look carefully at the evidence of Ellen White, you'll notice that she does not address the world that we live in today directly. Her predictions are a natural extension of the world of her day. You will look in vain for a nuclear war or nuclear power. You'll look in vain for computers, internet, cell phones, space travel, world wars, Islamic terrorism, rise of secularism, the rise of postmodernism, and so on. She does not address our world. That is typical of the Bible prophets. They spoke to their world, the immediate situation. And there are principles there that we can extrapolate for the end of time. But these are usually not the kind of specific, measurable, actionable statements that would give us a chart of specific events at the end. Wow, it's tough to listen to some of this stuff. I know that a lot of this is 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 pretty appalling to you guys, but um, it's really tough for me to listen to some of this stuff because it, it it's just so clear to me that these people are just kind of making it up as they go. Um, 
this is their own this is just a conjecture it's just a it's a it's a thought process that they have on what they want ellen white to be because unfortunately ellen white she was a divinely appointed prophet that's that's a matter of fact why these people run from her and want her out of the way is because they she speaks against what they're doing right now and what they are doing is they're cozying up to rome they're involved in ecumenical movements and they are saying that the great controversy is not applicable to our times that ellen white should be read only in a devotional manner but not not as apocalyptic not as as authoritative to this day folks that's insanity that's complete insanity and i want to just read a quick quote here from this advent messenger from andy roman that i quoted that i mentioned earlier which i'm taking a lot of this information from in there he has the full video posted as well so you can take a look at that if you if you if you choose to but he says this throw out the book great controversy in ellen white because she never talked about computers and the internet she didn't mention cell phones so she was in a different world than ours really well if that's the case we must get rid of daniel john jesus moses isaiah and all the writers of the holy bible they did not talk about computers the internet or cell phones either we have a serious problem that is more than simply revising our Adventist message. If Ellen White is not an end-time apocalyptic prophet, then Seventh-day Adventists are not the remnant church of Bible prophecy. If Ellen White is not the prophet of the last days for our time and our day, then we do not have the spirit of prophecy. We simply become a people without vision, and we will soon perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish, Proverbs 29:18. Simply put, if Ellen White is not our apocalyptic prophet, then the gift of prophecy has not reached us. There is no remnant church, and what we once thought was the spirit of prophecy has just been completely removed from the Seventh-day Adventist movement. Of course, this is according to the legendary and highly esteemed scholars of our day. And that legendary is meant to be sort of mocking because uh, one of the individuals that introduced him said that this person was a legend uh, in the scholarly world. So, folks, this is what's going on. It's sad. It's unfortunate. But people are running away from this message. Mrs. White told us that this would happen. And the Bible told us that this would happen, too. People will give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And so, folks, action steps. What are they? What do we do about this stuff? I say that if you are not involved in the church at all, that you start going door to door, get some literature, get some pamphlets, do something, pray uh, where God wants you. We all have neighbors. We all have people within our realm of influence that we can touch. Get this message out. Don't pull punches. Don't be like this guy and give people four options for the Sunday law or for the mark of the beast. Tell them the truth. Tell them the truth because you love them. Talk about what's coming. Talk about Rome. Talk about the Jesuit order. Talk about whatever piques their interest, health, whatever it is. You know, um, and be involved in your own realm of influence as much as you possibly can. Let your let your life be a witness and testimony to the love that Christ has and in, in changing your life. 
So we have to be in submission. We have to be in prayer. And now, folks, if you are if you are in the mainstream Seventh Day Adventist Church, action steps. What do you do? Well, there's two things that you can really do. If there's something going on in your church, now I know that there are battles being fought. I heard about one in Southern Florida a few years ago. Um, there are plenty of battles that are being fought in the conference church, and that's why. I do not say that the, the General Conference Church is Babylon. Mrs. White says not to say that. It's not Babylon. But there are grave apostasies going on in the church right now. So if you are in the mainstream church, you really have two options. One, you can leave, right, and get involved somewhere where you feel comfortable. That's kind of one way out of the situation if the apostasy has become too bad or two and this is the option that I think is is what the Lord is really impressing upon me to highlight more so is to say and do something about the apostasy going on in the church stand up fight push be be the person that stands in the gap against the tide of evil that's just sweeping over God's people right now and is about to blow away the remnant completely. And you'll find that you'll probably get disfellowship for doing that. Um, but whatever the Lord leads, whatever victory or, or defeat that he, he lays at your feet, um, at least you can say you tried. And uh, I think that's what's most important. God is, God is calling his church right now to stand up for his truths. And we will have a Sunday law very, very shortly, I believe. I believe I don't believe it will be but a couple of years max, maybe just a couple of months. We don't know, so we have to get ready. We have to be in submission to Christ every single day to put our faith and confidence and trust in Him, to let His love change us and try to change others' lives before it's too late. I'm Cody Moore, and you've been listening to Truth Triumphant Radio. God bless.